name is Franco Romero, and I am actually in Minnesota. I, uh, my story, though, uh, begins many years ago when I was actually still in South America, Colombia. Uh, my ND actually occurred when I was six months old, so it's a little bit of a different story because the things that I'm going to talk about are things that actually came to me 15 or 16 years later when I was a teenager in the form of visions and dreams that I was starting to get from basically nowhere because at that point I hadn't been told that I had had a near-death experience when I was an infant. But what had started to happen in my mid-teens was that I was actually starting to have these kind of lucid dreams where I saw myself in a hospital and it wasn't a hospital in, in the States. It was a hospital somewhere somewhere different, in, in somewhere where you would probably equate to South America. There were small clinical hospitals. And I saw myself in this one particular area of the hospital where in a room that I was walking into, I saw my mother and she was rather young at the time with a bunch of family members around her. And they were all sort of focused on this one little baby that was in an incubator of sorts. And there was this connection that I had to the baby, but I didn't know at the time when I had my first set of visions that that baby was actually me. It took a, a series of dreams and visions for me to sort of make the connection that that child was actually me and that I was experiencing something that was way beyond just the dream because I could feel feelings and I could feel emotions and I could sense thoughts and particularly I was really connected to my mother. I could sense everything that she was going through at the time when they were in that room and I could sense that the baby was actually in, in a real serious situation and so I want to just kind of take a pause there because when this happened 15, 16 years later and I started having these dreams and visions I remember that at that time that there were things about my past that, that I really didn't have much recollection for, but these things were so vivid to me that, that to me, I was actually in the situation of, of that room. So as this dream was unfolding, I could sense that this child was, was dying. And my mother would later on tell me that she had actually brought me to the hospital because at that time I was having some problems breathing. And she just thought it was a natural sort of cold or flu or something. But as soon as she got me to the clinic hospital, they immediately realized that I was having very difficult, I was having a very difficult time breathing. And so they put me in this incubator and they decided to keep me for observation overnight. It didn't take very long. She said probably about two or three hours and my situation took a turn for the worse. And in that time, I couldn't, I, I really wasn't able to breathe very well. And the doctors realized that I had probably acquired some sort of pneumonia, bronchitis or something that was causing me to to have a, not only a hard time breathing, but basically my, my organs and my body was starting to shut down and they really couldn't do much about it. So they, I recall being in the room with my mother and everybody was praying. She was a very devout Catholic. 
And I remember that the doc, one of the doctors came into the, into the room, took her out of the room and explained to her that literally that there was nothing that they could do. So they were asking her if it was okay to have the hospital chaplain minister come in, be with them, pray for a little while, and then basically give me my last rites. I remember that at that time I was standing next to her and she was sitting on the bed near the incubator. And I remember that she had basically disconnected from that conversation. The energy in the room changed. She wasn't there anymore. Her physicalness was there, but I could sense that she was somewhere else. And almost like in a hypnotic state, she got up and she decided she went back into the room, got her stuff, went out. And rather than staying in the hospital room, being with me by my side in in basically the last few hours of my life, she decided to go to a church that was about a couple of blocks away. She walked over there, and when she got really close to the church and she could see the entrance, she got on her knees and crawled into the church all the way through to the front to the altar and started to pray. And all this time in my vision dream, I could see everything that she was going through. I could feel everything she was going through. And when she got to the altar, I remember how she actually got into sort of a meditative state. She wasn't praying like we would normally see praying when you're in that situation. She wasn't pleading for my life. It was as though she was actually giving thanks and gratitude and appreciation for the short time that I was actually with her during this life. She was so grateful for just the six months of having me that she didn't have any way of even knowing how to, at that moment, even ask for anything more. And I remember that when she was going through this, it was so intense that all of a sudden the the energy shifted again inside the church. And she was shown visions of me as I as I grew up and became an adult and a father and 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 a responsible son and all these things. And she didn't even know that she was going through this, but she remembers feeling the sense of, of, of more gratitude and love for the fact that she was able to see this, even though she knew that by the time she went back to the hospital, she was probably going to get the news that I had died. And at that moment, she felt this enormous love and comfort and peace. And she realized that no matter what the news was, she was going to be all right. And then I was going to be all right. So at that moment, she got back up walked back to the church, I mean, walked back through the church and then went to the hospital. And when she got there, she was greeted by doctors and family members and people were crying. But the thing was, is that they weren't crying because I had died. They were crying because everything came back. In the time that she was gone, my vitals went back, my organs were, were back to normal and everything seemed to be basically on the right track, the doctors came up to her and said, we don't really understand what happened here, but you have to also remember this is a small community. Catholic devout people, they just chalked it up as a miracle and left it at that. And so for her, her faith was so deep that she just went on with her life. But there was a second part to this that I didn't actually experience right away. But in the series of all these visions and dreams, I started to have another vision and another dream. 
where I crossed over from that instance where I wasn't in the hospital and I wasn't in the, in the church with her anymore. I was actually crossing through and I went into this massive area that looked like a, like a desert. And I remember that I was looking down and I could see that there were these people, there was this old gentleman and he was very decrepit. He was, he looked like he hadn't eaten. He was impoverished and he was looking at me and he had his hand sticking out. And when he looked at me, I could realize, I realized that he wasn't looking at me. He was looking through me. And when I turned around, I saw this enormous light. It was beautiful. It was like, it was like easily 10 times bigger than the sun. And I remember thinking, why isn't this light hurting me? Why am I able to see right into it? It wasn't burning my eyes or anything. And when I turned back, that man became this little boy, same situation. And he was reaching out. And when again, I looked back and this time the light was right on top of me. And when it got really close to me, I could feel every, every cell in my body vibrating. It was, it was really unique because when I tell this part of the story, I really want people to understand that it wasn't like I was feeling every bit of my body vibrating as a whole. I was experiencing it as if I were every little cell in my body. I could experience it as if I was the cell thirsty for this light. It was such an enormous, beautiful, enrapturing light. It, there's no words to really describe. And I know that other people have talked about this, but there's just no words to describe the feeling that you get when it starts to go through you. It literally takes over the entire essence of your soul becomes this light. And when I got into the light, I remember being greeted by a couple of silhouette images. It became really clear to me that the light wasn't just this big light. It was like I could sense all of these individual entities that I would equate to as like family members. They didn't have a face. They didn't have really defined characteristics of a body. They were more like silhouette lights. And I remember that I could, I knew who they were. I knew that I had experienced my whole eternity with these people, with these beings, and they knew me too. And I remember that one of them came up to me and hugged me. And when they hugged me or when it hugged me, the other ones hugged me as well. And my whole body exploded. It was, it wasn't though I had a body like a physical body, but if my body was etheric, it was, it was very translucent. And it just completely exploded into what I could, the only way I could describe it is at that moment, I became fully aware of what it was like to be one with everything. And at that precise moment, I was looking around in this orb and I saw just this infinite stream of, of lights. And those infinite streams of light were actually individual, what I, would, what I now know as supreme beings. And it went on forever. I mean, I just stood there and I just, it went on forever. And the crazy thing was, is that I felt like I knew them all and they knew me. And I remember at one point, and I don't always talk about this, but I, but I, I do now because it's become very essential in the way that I view life now. They, I remember being in this moment and this moment lasted for a long time. This reunion, I call it was, was, was there for quite a bit and I didn't want to leave. There was no way I wanted to leave. It was the most beautiful thing I had ever experienced. And, and so this entity, there was this sense of 
a, another presence around me. And this presence kept insisting that I become more cognizant, more aware of what I was experiencing. And it kept telling me, what, what do you see? And I looked around and I'd be honest, at first I didn't even care to see anything. It wasn't visually seeing nothing. You don't see things with your eyes. You, you feel things is the best way to describe it. And I remember that it became so insistent that I looked around and it was at that point when I realized that what I was being surrounded by was all of these individual beings that had actually come together as a collective to form this bigger light. In other words, at that moment, by the way, at that moment, I moved this, this thing that was around me grabbed me. It felt like it grabbed me. Me, even though there wasn't really a hand there and it whisked me back and I all of a sudden went through this tunnel beautiful lights it was like full of lights and then on the outside of those lights you could, you could see celestial bodies and then I landed back in my body the odd thing was is that I landed back in my body 15 years later so I was experiencing this moment as if it were real time but I was actually in a linear sense experiencing it much later in time but what i saw and what they wanted me to see was that this this enormous light that people talk about this thing that we re relate to as god typically it wasn't that this thing created itself and then created us individually as an expression of itself which is the way that we've been told if we're even told that because most of the time we're not even told that we're told that we're disconnected from everything, especially from God, where we start out life behind the eight ball, so to speak, but that this being was actually created because of a collectiveness that came together, individual supreme beings that came together collectively to form this thing we now call God. And that just changed the narrative of my life tremendously because here I was throughout my life thinking that I was basically this insignificant little thing of a being and then being shown that we are all supreme beings, that we all came together to create the oneness that we call God. So anyway, I came back into my body. I had these images and these dreams for weeks, months. And finally, I couldn't, you know, back then there were no internet. There was, you know, I'm probably dating myself a little bit, but there was no internet. I couldn't share these experiences with people. There wasn't anybody to talk to. People would have thought I was nuts, which most of the time, that's what happened back then. For all of these weeks and months, I, I, I went back to the one person that was in my dream the whole time, and that was my mom. And I took a gamble and I told her exactly what I had seen. I told her what she had gone through. I gave her very detailed images of what happened and what she was thinking and praying, things that nobody would have known other than her. And she realized that something more than just my near death experience had happened that, that day, that, that there was something more miraculous that had happened. There was there's something supernaturally happened that I was able to somehow see everything 15 years later in life and start connecting the dots. Well, she encouraged me to talk to more people about it. In particular, she wanted me to talk to some therapists 
But I was like, no thanks. I didn't want to do that because I had seen actually from my own personal experience how that often gets handled. So I was like, I didn't have any interest in wanting to do that. So I wrote a book about all of this and, and I talk about my experiences, the spiritual crisis that I went through. Because a lot of people who have near-death experiences have a spiritual crisis after they come back. But in my case, I didn't even know what I was spiritually you know, having what my spiritual crisis was because I was just trying to figure out why I was having these incredible images and remembrances of something that happened so long ago. Now, there was something else that had happened, which I just want to kind of briefly share, is that as a result of coming back from from the near-death experience, a couple of things became pretty obvious to me. One of them was is that I had clairvoyant abilities. My, my sensitivities and, and abilities to connect to a higher level of consciousness just work through the charts. But here again, we're talking about 20 or 30 years ago and people just weren't talking about this stuff. So I had to hide it under the rug. I didn't want to even talk about it or, or acknowledge it myself. But I started hearing and seeing voices that, you know, back then you're hearing and seeing voices. What's the obvious thing that you hear or you think, you know? you got to medicate this person. So it was a very delicate balance. I had to internalize all of this. But what happened was because in time, the only one I could speak to was actually these voices. I actually started to realize that these voices were the same voices that I had heard and was being guided through that ex near death experience. And, they, and, and in time, they actually became my guides, if you will. They, they showed me who I was carefully, gently, so that I wouldn't explode in my mind, um, which is something that, unfortunately, a lot of people don't connect to when they have a near-death experience. Even those people who have what are called spiritually transformative experiences, they cut all that out, which is the worst thing that you could do. It was through that process of clairvoyancy that I came to realize that not only did I have these abilities, but and that all near-death experience people, all of us have these abilities. We just have to tap into them and have faith that we know we can do it. But it, it was there that I that I realized that there was so much more to this life and that there was more even to me because later on in life I came to realize that I actually was a walk-in, which for those who don't know what a walk-in is it's basically when when the spirit dies from that body and chooses not to come back it gives permission for another spirit to come in and, and fulfill an obligation or responsibility that that spirit had to do in this life and most walk-ins have a very defined um, sort of goal or mission that they have they have something really really important to do and they have to do it through through this process of being a walk-in Anyway, that also became a reality to me. It, it wasn't easy, but in time I realized that all of these things that I thought were not normal were extremely normal. And so all the years of going through a crisis, a spiritual crisis that led me down very dark areas of depression and, and even suicidal thoughts, that those things were actually ways that were trying, ways in which to try to wake me up to show me that there was something more. And if I could just see through, to show me that there was something more. And if I could just see through that heavy energy of emotional stress, I could start to see that there were actually, I, there were actually clues 
to help me remember and, and to wake up at a time in humanity when this is what everybody's doing. So it was an incredibly profound experience and one that, again, you don't have to die to have these experiences. Most people will not have near-death experiences, but what they will have is so transformative that it will have them asking questions that they would never have asked before. And if they allow themselves to do that and are not afraid to do that, it will help them because many of them are suffering so much because they don't have any clue. They're trying to they're trying to to relate of what they're experiencing to how they've been taught to relate to it, and there's no way to do that. There's just simply no way. These are way beyond the conditions that any society could ever tell you what what or how you should behave or how to act or think. Since I've come out of my own spiritual closet is the way that I have defined this. I wrote a book called The Closet Spiritualist. It shows people how I went through the process. And what I always tell people is that I, it's a great way to show you what not to do. The, the stumbling and fumbling, the trials and tribulations that I went through to find out the truth about myself, the, you know, about being a, a superior being and, and being here for a purpose that is which, which is what we're all looking for. Um, that is a great start and it's a guide and I always tell people, look at that as a way to start remembering who you are. And to do that, you know, you can go on my on my website, which is the closet spiritualist.com. And you can you can read a little bit more about my story and, and about and pick up the book. And it also shows you other things that were shown to me that are important in our awakening. We're in a very, very unique time in human history. Much, much of what is written is actually coming to pass now and it's not to, meant to scare people it's meant to get them excited this thing about the end of times is actually here now and the thing that i re recall when i went through my near-death experience is that those were the messages that we have to we have to adhere to and know why we're here individually so you you know i teach students how to go deep within themselves to get out of the amnesia thinking of who they are, realize that they are supreme beings, basically that they are God. And then I walk them through how to maneuver through the simulation that we call life, because this is a simulation that we're experiencing. And then to wake up, wake up so that they can be the light, not only their light to their, to their own selves, but the light of the world, which has been prophesied by so many sacred books and so many sacred traditions for thousands of years it's happening now so that's what i work with people it's called the way of the inner child and it's a very simple technique to wake up and so many people who are watching channels like yours are just doing that like this channel is helping people to wake up but they need a little more guidance in most instances but if you really look at what many of the sacred traditions and sacred books and teachers who have come here uh, are talking about they're talking about a time when we when we as humanity rise up to a level of consciousness where where we realize who we truly are and that's called god consciousness christ consciousness buddha consciousness krishna consciousness but it's an awakening that we never die we've been in a dream experiencing ourselves as god and that 
it's now time to take all of these learning experiences that we've had over thousands of years and apply them to the end here where we can wake ourselves out of one of the hardest tests we could ever go through, which is this three-dimensional reality and, and create a more utopic world. Um, that's actually happening in the timelines that I've been shown. It's going to happen here in the next eight to 10 years. Um, it's not going to be thousands of years from now. The thing is that we always thought we were just waiting for something out there to happen. And what we didn't realize that all along we've been waiting for ourselves. It is us who will change the reality here because we're all divinity. We are so superior. We're so powerful that that is what happens at the end of times. That's what's called heaven on earth, where you actually bring in that superiority of the divinity and you don't have to die to realize it. Because the one thing you realize when you die, in my instance, the moment you die and you separate from your body, you realize that you are divinity, that everything that you were experiencing was a dream. When the end of times comes, which is happening right now, you don't have to die to experience that anymore. You break the veil and everything that was once thought to be on the other side collapses into this reality and it becomes one again. That's what was really meant by the end of times. And people will say, well, how's that possible? Everything's crazy right now. There is always that chaos before there is this enormous amount of peace and harmony that comes. And this is just a mirror. So what we have to realize is that this is the simulation of the mirror of how we experience our duality, but this will pass. And it's passing actually right now. I mean, it really is right now.